Welcome to the Stuck and Rut Podcast. Got him. Dropped him. Nice shot, buddy. Welcome back to a much belated Stuck and Rut podcast. We have been busy hunting kids, working, everything. Hunting kids. No, we're not <laughs> hunting kids, Tom. This one won't get a lot of editing, but we've been hunting. We all have kids. We're busy. This will not be in order because it's probably going to get posted pretty soon. But Tana, Tom, and myself are all here, and we just came back from Alaska, brown bear hunt. Well, it's kind of a predator wolf hunt turned brown bear hunt. Yeah. Why don't you tell everyone how this transpired? Because it wasn't three years in the making like most bear hunts. Yeah, this one just kind of was like last minute deal. But that it all turned out to be just an incredible experience. Basically what happened is in moose season, we got a report of where a wolf pack was. And it was in a spot I was pretty familiar with. So I messaged Tom and I'm like, hey, do you want to do a wolf hunt in alaska and he's like yeah let me check my schedule (laughs) between seasons he's like i can come this date and we just kind of said yeah that would work and then you know i realized after the fact that that would be our brown bear season down here so i was like hey you want a brown bear yeah and i was like sure why not i was like i might as well just uh get a brown bear tag just in case you know it's always nice to have extra tags in your pocket and so um, everything goes at that point. So, well, except links. So it's like, let's see what we can hunt. We can hunt, um, wolves, fox, wolverine, brown bear. What else? Am I missing anything? Coyotes. Coyotes. So, but main focus originally was on wolves, but we were like, you know what? It'd be pretty cool if a brown bear showed itself too, but we all know how wolves are. They move a lot of country and, um, you know, so it's just like, it's, it's kind of a risk to just to travel all the way to Alaska just to hunt wolves alone. So kind of originally, when I got here, we just went right to the wolf hub. And this is a spot where Adam and Tana trapped some wolves last year. And there were still wolves in the area. Some new packs moved in. And um, so we got dropped off. And Tana and I just immediately, I'd say, well, you can't hunt the same day you fly in. But the following morning, we went out, got up on a ridge just to get a good vantage point, and we howled. And we got something talking, didn't we, Tana? Yep. Pack lit up. They were howling. I was shaking really bad. <laughs> I was so excited. And, uh, yeah, it, well, to kind of back up a little bit, we were talked into taking a floorless teepee by Adam and... We set it up on a gravel bar on the river, and it was the worst idea ever. (laughs) So I didn't get great sleep for the first night. There's been been quite the hype lately. I've been seeing a lot of new teepee tents with floorless bottoms, and I will never do that again. You know, I've I've camped, done a lot of camping, hunting, and so have all of us, really. But for us to do this, I mean, I'm sure there is a place for them, but in the type of hunt that we did, it was not a good idea i just told my buddy about it he uses them all the time and he's like yeah that was a horrible idea so that (laughs) that was on me don't take it to a river you know because there's like sand and moisture as water levels rise and stuff so 
My bad. Thanks, <laughs> Adam. But just the sand just got everywhere. I mean, every crack or crevice you can possibly think of, there was just sand. If that's yourself, if that's the guns, you know, it's just trying to keep sand off all your gear. It was just like, it just wasn't happening. And and so we spent, well, to go back to where the wolves were. So we, we pursued the wolves. We had to cross a river in a very uncomfortable raft, <laughs> a raft that was very tippy. And, um, but we made it across, chased the wolves, and they, I don't know if they just had some, ex- they, we had some friends in there earlier that shot some wolves in there, and they may have just had some some bad experiences with hunters. So they, they were on the move. They moved out of the country. So we had to move back to the tent. It was just downpouring rain, um, having a forest bottom. The rain just ran right underneath and just got on everything we were just soaked to the bone no way to dry off our clothes it's like oh yeah it'd be great to have a wood stove well there's no wood (laughs) it's tundra it's tundra and alder brush and you don't burn alder i promise you you don't burn alder so um but we were able the following day um we continued pursuing the wolves couldn't find them anymore Um, but we at least had a very windy day to where we can dry out some of our clothes and then we moved camp um, I'd like to say it was downstream, right? Was it downstream or upstream? I'm trying to remember. That was downstream. It was downstream. It was downstream. We moved camp and tried again for a couple more days, and we just couldn't turn. Like you could see where there was a lot of wolves running the country. We, I mean, we found quite a few different dead critters, mostly small game, um, but we found a lot of where they were. Just that's just typically wolf hunting. It's like there's a lot of times you're just right behind them and you're just always where they were and not where they are and so it's just wolves you just have to cover a lot of country and try to find them but you know the one thing uh, the reason why i wanted to come up here to alaska to hunt wolves is you know i've hunted wolves a lot in idaho i really wanted to see how wolves behave in a different ecosystem and it was a really cool experience to be able to at least see some of that and we do have more wolf stories coming up here about this hunt. We did actually eventually get into them. Um, but it wasn't until after, I, I mean, when did we finally decide, Tan, it's time to actually pursue brown bear? Well, I picked you guys up and I moved you. No, that's right. We had a, so we picked up, we moved to a different spot in the river, kind of where you guys thought the wolves had went. And so I just made a couple trips, moved you to a new spot and brought us a good tent brought you a good tent like cabela's six-man tent which is heavier so we don't like to do that with super cub but when it's windy and nasty and you have two people you can get all your stuff in there and stand up and so moved them to that and then you stayed there for a couple days yeah just a day just a day yeah so you can't hunt same day airborne so again we had to wait till the following day to hunt and then we just covered a lot of country um Tana and Adam actually have done a lot of the research in the past. Like I said, they, they know the wolves routes and stuff. And so we just covered their typical routes that they take. Again, we saw where they were, not where they are, but means that there was a herd of caribou. I don't know how many miles away, but, um, but there are some migrating herds, um, quite a ways from us. We assume the wolves were kind of working on them, but it came to a point where I was seeing bear tracks on the beach a big bear track on the beach. We did see a brown bear and I just, it just, I started this bear bug just started kicking in and I'm just like, I actually really badly want a brown bear. Like I I've never felt that before. I've originally, I never had a desire to hunt a brown bear, but just, I saw those tracks on the beach and I was like, whatever made that track 
I want to kill it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, you never see a track like that on any animal in the, in the woods. And it's just like, how cool would that be to hunt a brown bear and to take one down? And you guys saw a pretty decent one too. We, we did. We saw that one, but it wind it was downwind of us. Unfortunately, it just winded our camp. Um, and it, we saw it running. It was a bit, it was a nice one. And, um, but yeah, he ran out of the country. He was long gone. He must be in an area where there's other hunters because he, he acted like he's been hunted before. So he was a little on the edge of um, having human scent in there at least. Yeah, after three days of kind of all all the weather, we had rain and hail and fog and high winds and some decent weather and a lot of hiking, but... Tom's like, I'm done with wolves. Let, let's go into bear mode. And it wasn't long after that, I got an inreach message from Adam that said there was a big bear in our bear location on Katrina's carcass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll have to, can you talk a little bit about that, Adam, about Katrina's bear? Yeah. So to backtrack, I went in with my 13-year-old daughter, found a stream that had a bunch of fish. And usually where you find fish is where you find bears in the fall. They're trying to just pack on calories and get fat for six months of sleeping up here and we walked over the creek found a bear it was kind of coming down to the creek to fish we intercepted it got close and right when it met the creek we kind of met it on the other side of the creek and she shot it 33 yards with a 338 ultramag it was awesome and skinned that thing out got it out of there usually a brown bear will eat another brown bear carcass so they're big cannibals but it's usually a larger bear, like a small six or seven foot bear won't come and eat the one she shot. And so when I had a buddy fly over, he was just out joyriding. I said, hey, fly over this creek and just check it out, see if there's still some fish in there or whatever. And he's like, yeah, there was still some fish in there. And then right where you guys killed that one, where I told him about, there was a bear sleeping on top of it and they bury it in the debris pile. So that kind of knocks the scent down for their animals. And I think mostly so the birds won't just be pecking at it and stuff. And then he was just laying on it like king of the mountain. I said, okay, well, that's probably a pretty good bear we were going to go there regardless just because it's a place that i knew had a lot of fish and it should have a lot of bears still around and we hadn't really messed up the area with too much scent and then as far as like the logistics there's a lot of back-end logistics that goes through my mind because when you're up here and you need to move you know you don't want to burn a day as soon as you take off the hunt's over for the day so we try and move people later in the evening you know say it's like a monday you'll try and move pretty close to dark monday evening and so you get to your next camping spot reset up your whole camp and everything and then you just have to wait till daylight the following day to start hunting but i think these guys were pretty tired and wet and they kind of want to dry out so i brought them home back to king salmon for a night just kind of regroup repack some food and then we had a pretty good weather window for a couple days and we went out for bears we did and so we went in bear mode um originally too when i flew up adam's like better bring your bow because these salmon bears you know they're fat they're just out chasing these salmon around there's um walking the streams like that there's actually pretty good archery opportunities so i was like okay let's bring the bow and even better having that bear in the area on that carcass it was like oh man this is going to be the dream archery stock if he's still there you know if he's still bedded on that carcass then we're just going to hopefully just sneak up on him and stick him with an arrow and how cool would that be? And so I brought my bow, and I'm dropping me off first in the area. And then lo and behold, there's a big old wolf pack. 
And that was one of the hardest things for me to ever witness was just watching this wolf pack as he, as Adam was making another trip to grab Tana and all her gear. Um, there was this wolf pack that ran up on the hill and they were just playing around, wagging their tails, having a good time. And it was, I kid you not, it was just driving me nuts. And all I could do is just stare at the pack. And it was a pack of six, um, gray female, um, four pups, and then the big white male, brilliant white, big blocky head on him. And they got up on a hillside and they just fell asleep. All of them fell asleep up there. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me because flying in the day you can't hunt that day so i had to sit there and just stare at that pack the whole time i mean i could have gone over there in probably less than 45 minutes got in range and killed at least a couple of them who knows it was cool it was cool flying in because there was actually a wolf standing in the creek right next to the bear we flew over the stream obviously we don't like fly right over the bear and scare it off or anything but i wanted to look at the creek and see like where the fish were holding and stuff for other opportunities for where bears might be because it's hard in the fall. You don't have a lot of visibility. There's a lot of brush and everything and around the creeks, and you can't see that much. But we saw a wolf standing right next to the bear, and we're like, man, that's cool. And then we landed. I saw something, and I was like, those are too, too light-colored to be like light-colored sows or something like that. And we glossed them, and the wolves just kind of just kept tabs on the airplane, went up on the hill and watched Tom. Mm-hmm. And Tom's like, is there any way you can shoot these? Can you shoot these the same day you fly? Because you can do that on certain species like coyotes and I think maybe lynx and stuff. And I said, no, Tom, if we, if we could be shooting those, we'd be going to get in position right now. So had to wait. And then I came back and I got Tana and she met me at the hangar and I said, do you want the good news? And she's like, yeah, and the bad news. And she's like, good news. I'm like, well, there is no bad news. And I said, first part of good news, the bear's still there sleeping on the carcass. Second part, there's a wolf standing right next to the creek and her eyes kind of lit up. And I said, third part of the good news is there's a pack of six wolves that are just hanging out Hopefully they stay. And then the last best part was there is a big white wolf. And that's like Tana's dream wolf is to get a pure white giant wolf. So she was, see one. I've never seen She one. was pretty excited. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, Tana, I guess you did see one with me when I shot in Idaho. Yeah. You were with me on that, huh? Yeah, but I've never seen a white one in Alaska. Yeah, that's that's a first. Pretty rare. But pretty rare. Seen a few. But, well, I mean, the hide of this was just beautiful, thick, you know, late October hide, just starting to get into that winter coat. It's just like, gosh, why? <laughs> just gonna, it would have been the most crazy, epic hunt, hunting video of all time. But um, so we just, all we could do is just stare at him. I got a lot of cool video of him. Um, but then we, we all made it to camp. We slept in two different tents. Um, and then... Woke up the next morning, the wolves ran pretty much right next to our camp. Looked like one came pretty close to the camp, checked things out, and they all headed the other direction, unfortunately. So they, I think they they knew what was going on. They saw us camp there, and it was time for them to move out. So they moved out temporarily, but although the wolves weren't there, we still had something else on our mind, and that was that big old boar that was over there. And so... Um, we played it really smart. I just let Adam take the lead, and he just played the win in our favor the whole time. And um, it's really good. Like, the one thing, you know, sometimes I feel really anxious, and I want two heads to be popping up and looking where the bear is. But it's better to just have, like, one person doing that. Less movement, the better. And so um, as we moved in, how I don't what was it, like an hour and a half moving into the bear? Mm-hmm. 
it took about an hour and a half, but as you know, Adam stayed ahead and he just kept peeking up and over looking for him and just moving really slow. And just the very last minute, I saw Adam do a wind check and I saw the wind blowing right toward that bear. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. We've been, we've been playing it so hard and careful this whole time. And we just like, well, the wind's perfect right now. We better take advantage of it. And so when we wrapped over and saw that, we were just like sick to our stomachs. We're just like, I hope that bear isn't smelling that. And I hope it's just temporarily. And, and we were kind of up above the creek on a bluff. And so we hoped maybe the scent would just stay high and not drop into the creek where the bear was. But at that point, I felt it on the back of my neck. Pulled out my little smoke bottle for wind checking, and it was going, like, right to him. And I think I checked it four times, and it never switched. And I'm like, uh-oh. And we were, like, 40 yards at this point from the bear. Like, I pulled out Onyx, and I'm like, we're right over this bank. We'll be able to see. Mm-hmm. And then Tom's like, I just saw brush moving. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, right up there. And so we kind of start looking to where Tom had seen the brush moving. And there's some more brush moving. And then we see the bear. And... He's these, leaving. <laughs> these big these big bears are like a big mule deer buckers, white tail that smell you. It's like they get one whiff of you, they'll just leave. It's not worth it. And they're smart. They're old. And bear sense of smell is pretty much unmatched to any other animal. And they're big and old and smart for a reason. And these bears, when they smell people or have human interaction, it's usually when they're getting shot at. So they've learned to go the other way. Unlike bears that Tannis have issues with that want to come at you and eat you. So this bear is going the other way, but they're so fat. I mean, at least a thousand pounds probably. And it's not even a run. It's like a fast waddle at best. And Tom sees the brush move. So then he drops the bow. Yeah, I dropped the bow pretty quick. And I just dropped on the gun and um, grabbed Adam's 338 rum gunworks rifle. Um, and with a big can on it, a uh, Thunder Beast can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I... I won't get too much in detail, but I used to have some pretty bad tinnitus in the past. So I'm, I'm like anti-muzzle break. And so anyways, well, I jump on the gun and that bear ran up about 200 yards at him, yelled at it to stop it. And I just smoked it one shot, started running up the hill. And then I was trying to get another bullet in and it, uh, um, I had a little mini jam, but it was just, uh, I think it was just really excited. But anyways, the bear died really fast. It tried to run up the hill. It couldn't make it and just roll back down. And one, Shot one head. That was a 250 grain. What was that bullet again? It's a Barnes LRX. And so that's something Gunworks loads. I think it's an all, I might be wrong. I think it's all copper and it's just oh, a wow. solid bullet. So it doesn't, it doesn't come apart. Like we use that uh, 285 Hornady ELDM match bullet. And that does really well on moose, but it's like a thinner jacket. So it kind of won't grenade or anything but it's not solid and you hit that bear like perfect i think right in the top of the heart both lungs and then the you found the bullet perfectly mushroomed looks like a ton of weight retention in the opposite shoulder and like a bear this size like usually takes multiple shots like four or five or six shots from a 338 so i was pretty surprised when it was like shot it hit the ground rolled over got up started walking up this little hill took four steps and just tipped over dead it's pretty incredible yeah and and it was the fun thing. I mean, it, it is what it is. But we just peeked over and we realized that my sh- we were just right there. My shot would have been twenty two yards, twenty two yard archery shot if everything worked out and the wind was in our favor. And like Adam was saying, like you know, bear. You know, I've learned thing. You know, I've I don't actually have a lot of experience with brown bears, but I know with just bears in general, their eyesight sucks. It's not the greatest, but they have they have noses. Like they have some of the best nose 
of any animal in the world and they can smell food for miles well they can also smell danger for miles and so that bear caught a whiff of us and was getting out of the country so i'm glad i was able to get a quick shot on him adam was able to stop it everything turned out right and yeah and when we walked up to it i was just blown away of the size of that animal i've never never in my life have i experienced adam and tana's been around brown bears quite a bit i haven't um but you know, just seeing the size of this animal is just, it was just unreal. Never killed anything like it. Um, and I, especially a predator of that size, it's just kind of puts you in a weird spot where it's like, holy smokes, like this thing could kill me pretty dang easy if I didn't have the right gun or the right system. And I'm in the woods by myself. Like there's no defending yourself with an animal like that, but can't believe those things still walk this earth with us. Pretty cool. <laughs> Pretty cool that the, that they're around. And we we weren't like upset that it wasn't a bow kill. Like we're super happy because it was a huge bear. The skull went really close to 27 and the hide squared, I think nine foot eight. So really, really big bear, mature boar, but it just would have been awesome to sneak over that hill. But I wouldn't have changed anything. Like once you're, once you're that close and the wind switches, it's like you're already busted. You know, like you don't have a lot of time and you just need to basically call plan B and make it happen. And we pretty much did that without saying much. You just said, Tom already dropped the bow, grabbed the gun. I just said, get right here. And it all happened really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were able to squeeze one in him real quick before he got out of view. So that was quite the relief and skin him out. I mean, I'm actually pretty shocked. I mean, it seemed that the skin did, it went pretty well. Like it's actually, um, not too hard to skin out a bear like that. It's just, they're just so big. So just maneuvering the body around and trying to cut it out. But I mean, the head of those things are just unreal. Just big, getting ready for winter, lots of fat on it. Um, what a cool experience. And I'm super grateful for Adam and Tana and all their hard work that they've put in for me and helping me out there. So um, yeah, it was so cool. And then the following day, we kind of just and and then too while we were skinning out we were just hoping that and praying that maybe one of those wolves would show back up again and we just could not do it i was just gonna say one thing like we started to skin the bear and we told tom like you really have to clean skin that and for people who don't know what that means is you want to basically get just the hide off of it because the bear is like it's just greasy fat it's almost like skinning a beaver or an otter or something and they're just loaded with like Everywhere in their body is just covered with inches and inches of fat because that's why they eat all this fish is to get fat to make it through the winter. And they're going to sleep for five or six months. And it takes, I think it took us three and a half hours, three people just skinning alone, which we could have skinned the bear in 30 minutes probably. But you just need to take your time and try and leave all the fat on the carcass as you can. And then Tom had to pack it out. And we ended up getting back and weighing it. Just the hide alone was 136 and a half pounds. And that's with most all the fat off there the skull is probably another 25 or 30 i carried that in a bunch of his gear but it's a heavy load it's a heavy load and i'm i'm pretty light right now after i've already burned close to 13 pounds this during archery elk season so i'm right now i'm at 171 pounds throwing 100 and well with the pack on it's 140 plus pounds on my back and so <laughs> I'm packing myself pretty much off the mountain is what it felt like. But um, those Barney packs are really nice. If any of you are, you know, we're not sponsored by Barney's, but 
Um, if you guys are like really need like heavy, heavy loads, if you're packing moose quarters, brown bear hides, you can't just chop up a bear hide and split it off with people like you can with other quarters of an animal. Like you want the hide all intact. So it's like you have to pack the whole hide out. And, um, but yeah. those Barney packs are just so nice, like so good for your back and you know, my back, you know, and that wouldn't say the pack was too hard. Like I said, it was probably an hour and a half hike back to our camp. But I mean, even with that, it's just like it, my back, it wasn't in pain. I mean, I was tired, exhausted, but those packs are really nice on your back. So like I said, I'm like, they said we're not sponsored by them, but if you guys are needing a Barney's pack, I'd say go grab one if you're packing those heavy loads. I wouldn't do it for like, if you're hunting mule deer or elk, you know, I, I'd get around pretty good with a QE pack. Um, I could throw quarters on that. but Yeah, the Barney's is like the gold standard. Like people have them from 25, 30 years ago. They haven't made many changes. It's external frame. It's got super thick shoulder straps. So when you get when you get a load that big, you can't just expect your waist to carry it, you know, on the waistband. And they're just really rugged. And I think the bag alone is like maybe nine thousand, ten thousand cubic inches. And we struggled all three of us to like put the game bag into a trash bag and then barely get it in the pack. And then we were all sitting there like jumping up and down trying to get this thing to go in there because they're just so large. But yeah, the one I have, I think it's the Yukon, so it's the biggest one. And I like it because it has a shelf in it. So when you put a moose quarter in there, if it's the rear quarter, you can ride that moose quarter a little higher, keeps the weight higher. And then you can unzip that shelf for like a front moose quarter that's five feet tall and run it all the way to the bottom. And we kind of kept that shelf in for Tom to keep the weight kind of centered in his back. And then the new one I have, it's their waterproof bag. So it's lighter. I think the whole bag's with the frames, like eight and a half pounds, but keeps everything dry doesn't gain any water weight when it gets soaking wet and stuff like that and then they powder coated the orange frame so that's pretty cool when you yeah. drop drop your backpack on a stock like we do that a lot when we're caribou hunting you drop your bag in the rocks it's pretty hard to go find it so that's pretty much the gold standard for alaska packs we run yeah and i think i'm i mean uh, almost you know for me i only got me old deer left but i think that for next year i'm definitely ordering that same pack i just like i'm sold on it and um, it's nice new waterproofing they got on there too that's that's a new that's a new concept they came up with yeah i talked to kevin because he told me they were coming out with one and they had done a bunch of testing and stuff and then they had to reinforce like with their 500d cordura stuff and the parts that waterproofing fabric was wearing through so like underneath where it hits the frame it's got some reinforced stuff because that waterproof fabric couldn't handle that but everything on the outside is waterproof and i've left it i used to put my bag inside the airplane at night like get it all ready for the following day put it inside the airplane which is hard you get all your stuff in there and put it into a super cub and now i just leave it outside and i've never had any water issues or anything like that you know and <sighs> unbreakable so far i think i've done five or six moose with it tom did this bear and yeah, Tom kind of invited himself on a moose hunt next year with Tana, so he's, <laughs> he's going to need one. He's like, I'm kind of ready to do moose again, so yeah. I think I'm going to be buying a Barney's. I, I want Adam and Tana, obviously, because they've been so awesome and helpful for everybody and, and help, helping them get animals and stuff, but I know they need to. They need time for themselves to be able to hunt for themselves and get stuff, too. So um, I was just like, but if you guys got a little room next year... I would love a moose. (laughs) That's why this hunt was cool because Tana and I really don't get to go together hardly ever. And we were able to spend a couple days bear hunting together. And Tana had 
a 338 Tom had a 338 we both had pistols on her chest and I had the 458 lot so she felt pretty good in heavily dense bear country that we had a lot of firepower and she was able to go into bear country and we were able to hunt together but she needs a moose hunting partner for next year so yeah oh. taking applications but <laughs> usually family usually family comes first I told Tana I said take whoever you want just Make sure they're they're tough and they're strong, and Tom fits the bill. If you have a friend you want to take, Tanya, you can take them. But I'm just letting you know that. Just, I'm available. I'm available. I'm over here. And I'll go. I would love to go. You guys have some unfinished wolf business. And we do. And those. And even when we were wolf hunting, there was some moose there. I was just like, oh, man, I would I'd like that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not. it's not over yet for Alaskan wolves. That's something I still want to. I still want to get an Alaskan wolf. Um, it's obviously not going to be this year but hopefully in the future to come I'll, I'll get one kind of one of the new goal that i set for myself is i kind of want to you know kill a wolf in every state i'm allowed to um, not all states are allowed to yet but i really just want to explore new terrain um, it's fun killing wolves where i'm at but it's just it's the same terrain same wolves and it's just kind of fun to explore check out new country and see how wolves behave in different areas so that's i've it was kind of cool to see those wolves. I mean, although it, it was a bummer deal, I didn't kill those wolves or any of us killed those wolves. It was still really cool to see them and um, get to experience them there and, and see them in their habitat. And um, But hopefully maybe Aventana will just trap those wolves and get that white one this winter. Or Yeah, within... it was a good wolf trapping scouting mission yeah. to see where the wolves are and what their routes are so we can set some... Yeah, that's a really good spot. So um, we need to, Tan and I are actually going on elk hunt pretty soon. But we need to get back and either take a beaver carcass down there. Hopefully that bear carcass will be eaten by the wolves or other bears or birds or something. They'll have that cleaned up and we need to get a caribou carcass or something and then go set that in the brush. And I'm going to go back probably in the next couple of days and put a camera up just to see if those wolves pull back through and kind of check their routes and try and pattern them and then hopefully get some revenge by snaring them yeah that'd we'll be see. cool that big white one is just it's just beautiful Maybe you, and it'll be on the episode the brown bear hunt so you'll see how gorgeous that thing is they're just not like the white wolves are, are pretty rare yeah i've only seen two i think that was my second one yeah so you want to shoot one in every state you're allowed to like jed crazy basically pretty much united wolves of america is that, <laughs> what, you're, is that what you're gonna call it <laughs> just america. a copy to ben dude yeah <laughs> That's pretty cool. I think it would be neat. Like, I, I, I'm pretty close to Montana, so I'm going to try to work on Montana this year and hunt and trap wolves there. So, um, yeah, and then if I can do that, then Wyoming. Pretty much pretty much if we can get one Montana, Wyoming, Alaska, that covers all the states you're allowed to kill them. <laughs> so then tell us, Tana, about our next day. We got the bear packed out, got it laid out so it could cool down, and then tell us about the next action-packed day of hunting we had. Yeah, how, how much action do we have that day? Well, there was a lot of birds to look at. <laughs> there was a lot of sunshine, which was nice. And a lot of tracks to look at. <laughs> Didn't really see a living thing other than birds, but I think our wind was just horrible for that. So that day after the day we killed that bear, I mean our wind was blowing right up the canyon where we were wanting to hunt, like all that country over there. And I felt like yeah. it just chased everything mm -hmm. out of there. So there was like not a living big game animal. Yeah, and I still had my bear tag up, so I was like if I see one I'll probably shoot it, but if not, can always go next year. Mm -hmm. 
I just liked seeing Tom get a bear and wanted him to hopefully get a wolf, but at least we saw some. We'll get, a, we'll get another we'll get more wolves yeah the name of the game in alaska is usually to get as much elevation as you can so we kind of did a little bit of a hike to get some higher knobs to see and did some howls and stuff but it's kind of inevitable the more time you spend in an area just having your camp there and you try and walk around a minimal amount your scent is just blown in that country and wolves and bears they're smart and so they kind of get out of there pretty quick so you see less animals day in and day out as yeah. you stay there which kind of sucks but it's just part of the game you try to minimize your scent but yeah you just do the best you can it kind of blew everywhere after we killed that bear too we were sitting there and it was just like every which way the wind blew our scent all over so mm -hmm. we think that kind of scared everything out so the second day sucked yeah but then yeah, that was the last day of bear season anyway so um today was just yes yeah, so we flew back and now we're just today was just a clean up everything get my bear ready to send home and it was just a great trip all overall i look back and like it's just the typical alaska where you just like you think of the the weather and the that part of it but you also think of the good times and you put in all that hard work and everything comes together um do you guys want to talk a little bit about some of the gear we use like some of the gear that we liked on the hunt and I know we all kind of sometimes like, I want to say, it's just like when you have this many family members, we all wear different gear, but, and I think it's cool to just share some of our opinions, regardless if we're sponsored or not by companies. Um, okay, I'll go first. Yeah, Adam will go first. Top five pieces. Number one, Super Cub. Not just because Super Cub makes life easy like everyone thinks, but it's really cool to be able to, I guess, kind of rely on yourself rather than just an air taxi or a transporter. And so we can make our own calls and look at the weather and keep the airplane with us on the next hunt. So that's probably a pretty key element in all of Alaska hunting because there's no roads or anything. Um, Gunworks 338 Ultra Mag with, it's got a 3 to 18 Kalis scope on it. And those 250 Barnes bullets are just awesome. Oh yeah, and I forgot to bring that up too with that, with that suppressor, like no earring. Like with the, yeah. three, the shot three thirty ultra mag without ear protection, like back in the day, if we did that, I would sit there, my head would be spinning, could halfway concussed. Yeah, but big suppressor, big thunder beast suppressor. That thing was just, it was so nice to shoot them. Like, wow, I didn't even need to throw ear plugs in. Um, I would, if you're target practicing, I would, but you didn't need that. But Gunworks also has. Um, suppressors they just didn't have one specifically for that model they don't, they don't have a 338 can big enough yet i think they're i keep telling them they need to get on it but yeah. they're still working r&d stuff they have a lot of projects so uh plane gun all kuyu stuff most what i wore was the Kenai jacket that's like a synthetic i like that one because i can hike in it and i don't sweat a ton and it's got pit zips so you can dump a lot of heat and then i have a custom set of katana pants my buddy justin schaefer um, had made for me and they're basically knee pads sewn in the katana pants. I like those. I, I'm wearing them right now. I wear them probably 350 days a year. And so that's pretty much all clothing. And then what else? I already talked about the pack. That'd probably be number four. Number five, I use the new Gunworks Rebic Rangefinder binoculars. Those things are awesome. Yeah, and I had those and Tana had a pair of Swaro EL range. And like after using those things, and then going to Tana's, I'm like, hey, you need to switch me because I'm going to be ranging for Tom. I'm going to be standing right next to him. You're going to be running the video camera. 
And I'm like, yeah, these things are night and day fast. <coughs> and so that's probably my top five. Those are pretty sweet. They give the dope on the gun. They're really clear. They're easy to focus. They fit right in the same bino harness, and they're just fast. When you need a range and that bear is getting away, I was able to range 10 yards in front of it. Call the range to Tom. It was only 200 yards, but it's still good to know in the back of your head what the range is so you can adjust for that and uh, get some done. Tana's turn. Top five pieces of gear. Hmm. Well, aside from weapons that you touched on. Didn't talk about I, pistol. Yeah, I always carry my 454 because Sewell. It's a Taurus Raging Hunter. Pretty much have that on me wherever I go, no matter what. Sleep next to it in a tent, everything. A tent with a floor, essential, <laughs> in Alaska when it's raining. Or anytime, I feel like it just gets you off the ground a little bit. I wore pretty much this entire hunt, the whole week of predator hunting, and we had temperatures ranging from the teens and frosty to like high 30s, probably the warmest day. And I wore um, the Kuyu women's zip-off merino bottoms, the base layer. And then I wore the brush pants. And those are the ones that have suspenders that you can take on or off. But those were awesome because they were actually pretty warm. And I went through all the brush, couldn't feel any of the brush, didn't rip anything. And so, yeah, those were really good. They have kind of like an extra layer. And then, what else did I wear the whole time? Kenai jacket, like Adam said, that's a must but the burner jacket is like my favorite I, I wore that every single day morning and night can't hike in it but I would always like get it out to glass because I'd be sweaty and then get chilled and I'd just throw the burner on over everything and then throw it in my pack and keep going so yeah those would be mine no that burner jacket is hot like I I love it for winter time but I, I wore one morning one morning I needed a little warm but it's like it's like throwing a big sleeping bag on yourself. It's awesome. It's like an Arctic parka. Yeah, it is. So some of my favorite gear. I think the one thing I'll bring up just so we touched a lot on the firearms already because of because um, I when I flew up I was just like we're well, rather going through the whole process and bringing guns up here. I'll just use Adam and Tana's. And, um, but I did bring up my bow, and although I didn't kill anything with it, I'm. I'm shooting the, the Hoyt, oh, what is that? The VLD? No, 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 that's VTM gone. VTM 34. The VTM mm-hmm. 34, yeah, yeah, that's it. So I have the 31. Yeah, yep, that one. And um, I had a, let's see, I have, I'm shooting the new, it's, it's, uh, oh, I'm going blank here. The option archery sights, um, not the Canyon Pounder, um, one of the older versions, but it's an oval sight and with a slider and it's so nice and so hard packed. Like I, you know, I've did a lot of trips this year from running the Colorado and it's just been bouncing around in a bow case. My bow's been bouncing around a bow case for two months now. And, and Super Cub. Yeah, and Super Cub and and a van, a van in Colorado. <laughs> so, um, and every time I pull that bow back out of the case, I shoot, and I'm like, oh, it's still hitting dead nuts. So um, I'd say the Hoyt's come a long ways, although I will get the Carbon probably next year. They got, what is that, the RX-7? They That's have, what I have. Yeah, you have that. Mm-hmm. You, you killed your moose with that yeah. this year. I like that bow a lot. Yeah. Option tra- sight. It's 
Great combo. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're awesome bow. Um, I do miss my Hoyt Spider, but I can't go back. I sold that later, you know, earlier on. But um, but for clothing, I'd say the biggest thing for me when it comes to camping is to be comfortable. To have the most comfortable camp is what's going to keep you out in the woods longer. And I will say I've been really impressed with those two man QU tents. Like I, I live in those things during hunting season and i stay warm. Even though it doesn't have a wood stove, I stay pretty good until the snow flies. Um, and then I have a QU zero degree sleeping bag and then a thermo rest. And I mean, honestly, I don't know if we, did we ever get in the teens on our hunt or do you think it's just in the 20s? It was pretty warm. When I looked at the airplane, it's got a thermometer. You I think know. that one day when we had the big tent, it, it was cold. Like our boots were iced over. Yeah, our boots were iced over and I couldn't that fit my... Cold. Yeah, that was a cold morning. That had to be... I think that was probably 20. That was probably 20. And, and I, it was windy. So was, yeah, but I was... I didn't get cold. How cold have you had that key sleeping bag? Is it like a true zero bag? It, it, but I've been running that for a long time, so it, I say it's a little more of a 10 or 20 degree now, but I just yeah. throw some long underwear now, and that that adds just enough extra... But I think I've used that QU bag for probably, I mean, honestly, it's it's been a decade now. Mm-hmm. I've been running that. And so I'm probably due for a new QU bag, to be honest with you. But um, the one thing I, for me with sleeping bags, I like a little, I like it more soft inside. So I have a liner that I always pack with mine and then a nice little my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotta have a pillow. I forgot. You gotta have a pillow. Have a pillow. I forgot days. a pillow the first. She's like, oh, that's what I forgot. She saw me pull out my nice little my pillow, a little portable one. And um, when we uh, were in that teepee, for yeah. me to sleep, I had to wear puffies, the burner, mm-hmm. plus like the Nalgene of boiling water in my sleeping bag, Guys, I just to fall point. asleep, and a negative sixty wiggies. Yeah. Bag. <laughs> and like I was that cold, and it wasn't even that cold that night. It was probably thirty. Yeah. And I was like, why am I so cold? It always I, is Adam, cold. this is the worst idea you've yeah, ever had. They were cussing me out pretty good. Like, well, it seemed like a good idea at the house. but It's so light. We found, <laughs> we don't tell a lot of people this. I mean, just this is a good opportunity. But we found a two-person sleeping pad that's a big Agnes, I think. Is that right? And it fits perfectly. You blow it up, and then you kind of have to fold it in the shape of a taco, and it fits perfectly inside the shape of the floor, the two-person Kuyu tent. And that gets really thick. It's like almost three and a half, four inches or something. And that works pretty good. Tana brings like a negative 60-degree Wiggies bag, which is like the one you use for survival in the winter in Alaska. <laughs> and then I just have like a 20-degree Wiggies bag, but she found out they can zip together because one time like she was in the dark and – Found out they zip together, so she zips ours together. So I so warm, yeah, get all she, body heat. <laughs> she gets steals all my body heat, and I'm just like, let me go to sleep. And she's like, no, I need to steal your heat because you're warm. So yeah, we had a pretty comfortable camp, and yeah, we use that a lot for Super Cup just because the tent's three pounds and it's pretty light and tight. Those Kuyu tents are pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then last, so then obviously I have all the layers for Kuyu. But if there's one layer that I always wear, I wear the hybrid pants and jacket. I just, I live in those things during hunting season. And then I'll, you know, if it gets colder, I'll either put a layer below it or, you know, down up in front up in front of it. But I live on that hybrid pants. And what that is, it's just like there's waterproof from the knees down. And then 
um, on the coat. It's just on the shoulders, but it's it's just like a nice, really nice hunting jacket. But then if you just have like a temporary, like a little temporary rain or here and there, you stay dry. And so if it's like super downpouring, I'll throw on my Yukon, but, um, but the hybrids, I live in those things like all hunting season, pretty much all the way from the month of September, all the way into December and beyond. So, um, so I'd say the hybrid pants and this coat are one of my the top Axis, picks. Right? Is that Axis stuff? Axis yeah, I think hybrid it's stuff. Axis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's outline. One thing we all brought that no one mentioned was Wiggy's Overboots, which is pretty much like a waist high gaiter, but it's just it goes up to your crotch, they clip onto your belt, they weigh like a pound per set. Everyone carries them because we hate walking in waders. Waders are loud, especially for a bow hunt when you're hunting streams and crossing creeks and stuff like that. You kind of need those. And so those are pretty slick. And we got it down to a system where like I would get Tana's out, she could keep her pack on, throw hers on, go across, and I would get Tom's out, Tom would get mine out, and we were able to cross multiple creeks and streams pretty quick. And, you know, it's a lot nicer than just running across, getting your boots wet, or trying to put gaiters on. So those make stream crossings pretty fast and pretty simple. If you're camping for multiple days, it's one thing if you're just doing a day hunt. But if you're camping for multiple days, you want to keep your boots dry, like, as much as you can. And so, especially if you only pack one pair, so. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that's about it for the gear. Um, I actually added heated insoles in my boots this time. Those are nice. Because the foot warmers were not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. And I wear heated insoles through the winter, so I threw those in my hunting boots because they were just cold. And that was, like, the only thing that kept my feet warm the last couple days once I did that. Those but you have to recharge them every night. We use a lot of battery banks, too. I got some from, what's that place? Dark Energy, I think. They sent me some. Those were great. They're small. They're light. They're maybe like six ounces. They do your phone and stuff like that. And so if we're going to plan on using the phone a lot, we'll bring one of those. But we use those pretty much at night. And then we'll bring like a Makita lithium battery. You run like on an impact gun or something. And we'll take a little adapter, snaps onto that from Amazon to charge up bigger stuff like heated insoles and whatnot. So I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Only other question I got for Tom is people are going to want to know when's the video going to drop. So, yeah. <laughs> we have more videos that still need to be posted. Yeah, so, so it, I think we finally got a good system down. And um, the goal is to have all the videos edited by, hopefully, by mid-January. And, and pretty much by January 1st, we're going to start posting videos like every other week. New, new Stuck and Rut episodes. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, and so, um, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. So pretty much, yeah. The new year, the new year I'll start, I'll do the best I can. If we're early enough, I'll start posting straight up in December. I like, I like getting content out to everybody. It's just when we're hunting, I've, we've tried it. We were like, Hey, look, can we try to edit it to where, you know, during hunting season we have, um, videos to post. And there's a few guys out there that are able to, cause they, they have hired, camera crew that do it but you know while we're out hunting you know we film our hunts ourselves uh it's just it's hard to just sit down and just focus on editing editing while there's other things to hunt and that's probably the hardest thing to to do it's like i got other things to hunt and kill i I don't have time to edit right now so december is usually that's my time of hibernation and i just hibernate in the computer room and just edit videos the whole time so um so that 
So that's about the time you'll get video. It's a really good video. And I've been really impressed with the videos we've been getting lately. So um, we're improving. Um, it's hard to keep up, but our, our video quality is getting better every single year. Um, we look, we get better skills sets, I guess, in filming. We always talk to each other and say, okay, we could do this better, that better, but we want to, we want to get the experience out to you guys so you can watch it. That's a, that's a big goal of ours. So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. And if you don't get on video, you're going to hear from Tana about it. So <laughs> like Tom said, we still have a bunch of tags left. I think Tana and I leave here shortly to Idaho. We both have elk tags. Tom's got a deer tag and an elk tag left. Mm -hmm. And then Tana and I still have caribou up here. And then we start trapping. Yeah. And Tana's going to go on a mountain lion hunt. Is there any announcements we should bring up, Tana? Any Anything big popping? Anything big going up? Like uh, any camps you want to... My retreats are up on bristlebayretreats.com for next summer mm -hmm. in July. Um, yeah, so I have, I still haven't got the website up yet, but um, we have Stuck and Red Elk Camps going on this July. And so if there's anybody that wants to learn how to elk hunt and do that, let me know. Also, we got Wolf Camp 2 coming up. So that'll be... When's the Wolf Camp? That's mid-July, July 12th. Okay. So... Um, so go see Tom or come see me. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have any camps, guys, but I recently got into selling dick bones off animals. It's kind of a weird thing, but people buy them. And <laughs> it's it's totally weird. Bears have them. Wolverine, fox, coyote, and wolves. So you have a dick bone museum one day. You use them to stir drinks. So yeah, people buy them as gag gifts or like martial arts, you know, yeah, stab Christmas someone in the eye. Christmas is coming. I don't have a big supply of dick bones, but that, Wolverine hides, and wolf hides, I'll be trapping a lot this winter. So I don't have any cool camps, but if dick bones are your thing, I basically should have a whole pile of dick bones to sell. Yeah. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> dick, dick bone enterprises <laughs> there you go and you can so our instagram so let's see there's this at stuck in a rut is an instagram you can find tana at tana sue fit right tana sue underscore fit underscore fit grenda 89 grenda 89. it might change to the dick slinger i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> or dick bone enterprises but i'm not sure i like grenda 89 for now yeah. All right. Well, that was good. And so, and if you guys ever have any questions or other things we want to bring up in the podcast, just just send us a message anywhere. I mean, I guess on our Instagram, you could do it under the messenger on Instagram. What do you, any other places, Tana? That's pretty much it. We're all pretty active on there, and yeah. Hopefully, we can get more podcasts up. I want to do one with Travis on our sheep hunt this year. Killed two amazing doll sheep, and then we have a whole slew of stuff for moose hunting. Yeah. Might even get my moose hunting partner to come on the podcast. We'll see. That would be a feat. Oh, you think you'd do it? That would be a miracle. Yeah. He's kind of <laughs> obsolete, but I was able to film him this year. So we had an epic archery moose season. Tipped even over. though you didn't get your zone videos, great archery moose. It was. Yeah. I shot something with a bow. I didn't throw the bow down because I didn't. Th I left the gun at camp. He, threw, I, he didn't throw the bow down, but he threw the camera down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it, guys. I'm trying here. <laughs> it was kind of a catastrophe, but yeah, we'll wrap this up. Tom's got to catch a flight, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you, and thank you guys for bringing me and inviting me on this experience. It was awesome. That's it for today, everyone. Thanks for joining us. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. 
and also reach out to us with any questions. Until next time.